0: Trotz Talk. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz.
1: Kia good morning and welcome to Trotz Talk here on SENZ. It's an earlier than usual Trotz Talk. Welcome to your Sunday morning. It's great to have your company here as... We have an earlier start because we have dog speed up next and then the cricket coming in from Australia. So hopefully we can find you a winner for Motokorara, which is on today on the grass. Greg O'Connor at quarter past nine with the Southern Man segment with Tim Williams and John Dunn. John having driven his 1500th New Zealand winner during the week. Greg will talk to him about that. Also joining us, Blair Orange. We're going to try and get Mick Stanley out of Australia. He had a very odd night last night with Rock and Roll Do pulling out of the Bendigo Cup. And the horse who is now confirmed as a starter in the race by Grins on April the 14th, uh, having a misfire last night at the latest leg of the Victorian Summer Cups segment. So... Unusual times over there across the Tasman. Across the Tasman is where both Old Town Road and Copy, that will head very shortly. They leave on Wednesday to head to Australia for the Ballarat and Hunter Cups. We'll talk to John Dickey, the trainer of Old Town Road, later in this hour as well. So plenty going on in the harness racing world, even though we missed two potential open class races at Cambridge last night, the pacing race and the trot not getting off the ground because of the small number of final acceptors. So disappointing, but two of those names, Old Town Road and Copy That off to Australia to see how they go at the highest level there. Harness racing season, of course, these days runs in the calendar year, meaning it started last week. And on the first day of the season, we saw a new partnership, and it is a continuation of a dynasty, as Nathan Purden has joined his father, Mark, as the partners in the All-Stars. Good morning, Nathan. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Good
0: morning, Mac. How no is it all.
1: Mate, great to have you on board, Um, great to have you on board with your dad as well. So you have trained mainly, since you've gone out on your own, in Australia. Tell us about the move home and when the first suggestions came that you and your dad could finally go into partnership.
0: Uh, Well, dad sort of approached me probably three months ago, I suppose, four months ago now, um, about potentially coming home and and taking on a bit more of a, a serious role back here. So, um, yeah, it's sort of uh, something that, um, you know, when he said it, was took me a wee bit by surprise. And um, at that stage, obviously, Aidan and Amanda were there too. And, um, yeah, was so uh, as time went on, we we're sort of working out what we we're going to do. But, um, yeah, the last uh, last couple of weeks, which is a little bit of a, a shock to, um, to sort of me and Dad anyway, with uh, Aidan and Amanda deciding to, to leave and, um, and join Stonewood. So, uh, yeah, it ends up uh, ended up a great opportunity for me anyway.
1: Nathan, obviously, you've trained here before, both with uh, Cran and Chrissy Dalgetty in a partnership, in a very successful partnership. Uh, in Canterbury. Has it been a case that so far you've wanted to stay away from joining a partnership with your dad or even working for him that much so you could learn from other people and do your own thing before potentially, as has now come to fruition, joining the family business?
0: Yeah, it's just sort of the way everything unfolded really, Mac. Um, I went and, uh, and worked with with crane for had a couple of stints with crane and probably the last time i was there i was there for a couple of um couple of years and then um sort of ended up um crane just said would you be interested in in joining a partnership so uh that's that's where that all came across we um you know we had a great relationship great friendship there and um and then uh you know we're sort of thinking quite similar on on, you know a few of the the training um everything to do with the training so uh yeah, we, uh, we had a great time, and um, you know, it was really a stepping stone to to go towards Australia and step out on my own there. Um, which you know, we had great great success. Uh, me and my partner, um, you know, a lot of people. Uh, there's a few people that really um, gave us a go, and uh, and we were lucky enough to have the right horses around us. So um, you know, things ticked away really good there, and um, and then when we got the call from Dad. It, seemed a a step in the right direction
1: Why did you spend so much time in your career in Australia Nathan? Was it just to to try a different sort of training or was there a particular allure about the Australian training scene?
0: Um, Not really, I sort of looked at probably more of an opportunity there at the time for me I wanted to step out on my own and and there's a few people that uh, that I knew were, were Sort of keen to support us to to start us off, um, and I thought, well, you know, getting away from uh, getting away from dad um, and, and sort of doing it on my own is probably something that that I thought, um, yeah, I needed to do, and and it was probably uh, it was great sort of for me knowing that that I didn't need um, anyone around me, you know, the, the family around me to to still um, keep the head above water and, and train winners.
1: All right, you're now back home. You're at the All-Stars to the big stable there at Rolleston. So tell us about how the business works there at the moment because obviously Hayden Cullen and his wife Amanda have left the business. So there's your dad, yourself, Natalie Rasmussen, who is still part of the business and will drive for the All-Stars. How many horses would there be and work there at this time of the year with plenty of the big names out for a spell? And, And how many staff...? are there at the All-Stars? Because we sort of take it for granted, Nathan, without actually knowing the facts.
0: Yeah, well, there's, we've got 50 horses in work at the moment. Um, we've got quite a few staff. There's probably 10 or 12 staff around us at the moment. So um, everyone knows their their role there and uh, they've been there for quite some time. So, um, you know, they've got a good crew of staff and, um, you know, obviously the, with the, the season changing a bit, the um, the... Yearlings now now two year olds, um, as you alluded to, the, the change of season. So um, they got uh, races early uh, earlier in the year. I think sort of February they kick off. Um, February March, April are quite a bit of a time for them, uh, the young guns, and and then they have a lead off, and then there's a bit more racing at the end of the year. So uh, at the moment, all the young horses are in work, um, and uh, there's sort of ten more to to Come back in in a, in a week or two, so um, yeah, it's sort of we generally hover around the 50-50 horse mark at the moment.
1: Let's talk about some of the big names. Firstly, Spank him, speaking to your dad during the week, um, the former Miracle Mile winner, officially retired.
0: Yes, yes, I suppose. Sounds of things, uh, Mickey's uh, he's done everyone a, a great turn, he's been a great horse from right from a two-year-old um, all the way through every year. He's he's performed in the top level. So, um, yeah, I think he's earned that retirement now.
1: Self-assured has a remarkable record. He has New Zealand Cups and Auckland Cups and the only winner of the race by Grins. What's he up to at the moment and what are the goals for the first half of 2023?
0: Uh, Well, at the moment, he's just in the the water walker. Um, He's going to spend a... Well, he's been there a couple of weeks, so um, we'll just bring him back in and, and... work him up and, and just sort of see uh, see what he is ready for without sort of programming him too much towards everything. Um obviously the the Grins race is um is is the most attractive so um yeah that's probably on his radar.
1: Okay, has he been signed up on it? Obviously he will get a slot, but has he been signed up by a slot holder at the moment?
0: Uh, not as yet, no.
1: Okay. Also eligible for the race by Grins and certain to be there, I presume, is a because his owner, Ian Dobson, has a slot in the race by Grins. Is that his main focus of the summer or late summer and early autumn?
0: Yes, it would be, Mac. Yeah, he's, uh, he's come back off a bit of a, a short let-up and uh, a bit of time in the in the walker as well. And, um, yeah, he looks really good. So he's uh, had a great prep um, his last last preparation so uh, yeah, I'm sure this time he'll do a great job
1: All things being equal Nathan, let, let's put them in barriers 2 and 3 Who's your better chance in, a, in the race by Grins and who do you think is going to be the better or more dominant horse of that pair over the autumn? Is Selfish Orwood still the more proven horse or do you think Akuta as the new arrival in the open class scene can you serve him?
0: Uh, well, assured's definitely uh, more proven. He's He's been a great horse for a long time, um, the last uh, two seasons at least. But, uh, yeah, I think Akuda now would have his measure. He's um, He's been very well looked after. He's only had limited starts, and uh, he's a, a horse that's really filled into his frame um, over the last sort of six months. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think... Um, I do think this this campaign will um, will see the best of Cooter, and um, you know if he improves a bit, I'm sure he can uh, he can have a great season.
2: Hey Nathan, it's Greg speaking. Um, yeah, welcome to to the partnership. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you're able to achieve. You've got some runners at Carrara today. Lumen Shaley and Sam Hara go round in race number seven. Lumen Shaley's done a great job so far, winning his first four, and then. Was good last time behind Life's a Beach and Sam Harris no slouch either. How do you line them up today?
0: Yeah, Greg. Um, yeah, probably uh, Lumen Carly's probably the the best of the of the two um, at the moment. Anyway, uh, he's he's got great great form around him and um, I think he's a horse that's just getting a little bit better as the more he, he races. So uh, yeah, he's probably the the best of them today.
2: Yeah, and of course Dad making a rear trip to the Mott. Also drives Sean Bray in race number eight, but he'll need all his skill from a wide second row draw.
0: Yes, he will. Yeah, he's uh he's drawn out in the car park, so um yeah, he'll he'll need some luck and um, you know, see how the how the race is run, whether he can uh, he can put her into the race or just come with one run. But she's she's pretty versatile so um yeah, we'll just leave it up to him.
2: Yeah, and of course. Glory's delight uh, finished third and behind her last time. She's been a subsequent winner, and Wi-Fi's really found his mojo. He goes round in race number ten, looks a decent sort of chance too.
0: Yes, he is great. Actually, he's um, he's probably in the best form, and you know, in his career, I think um, he's he really is starting to come to it. And um, yeah, you know, I think if he stepped away cleanly and and got a nice trip, he, you know, he'd take a bit of beating.
1: All right, Nathan, what about the uh, the new emerging three-year-olds? Because obviously we're getting a heads around the fact that the uh, the seasons have changed. A horse like Don't Stop Dreaming. Is he likely to turn up at Alexandra Park for the Northern Derby, the first of the big three-year-old races?
0: Not at this stage, Mick, no. um He just had sort a little... Niggles along the way as a two-year-old. Um, obviously, we put quite a bit of pressure on them at a young age now. So, uh, yeah, he's um, he's been out in the paddock and uh, he's spending a month on the on the water walker and um, and taking things pretty easy at the moment. So, uh, he's probably one that we'll see later on in the season to oppose to the first half.
1: OK, well the market's obviously open for the uh, the Northern Derby so if he's not going to be there do we expect to see Sherlock or Sinbad or, or who do you expect to be there for that race? Yes, Sherlock,
0: uh, Sinbad and um, probably a horse like Westall, he'll probably be there too. Um, so yeah, there's probably three going at the moment um, that are all working down now.
1: All right, talk to us about the the horses in the barn we may not know, Nathan. Who's the horse who is either working up well, we may have seen at the races uh, for a little bit of time, or, or we expect to see coming out and winning races shortly? Is there a horse in the barn we should follow for the SENZ listeners?
0: Uh, there's a, a now three-year-old filly there called Fortify. Uh, she's She gives you a really nice feel around home, so um, she's probably a month away from a from a trial um, but uh, yeah I think she's certainly one to follow
1: Right Nathan just talk to us about your dad and training because you've obviously trained group one winners on your own accord and and with Chrissy and with Cran what does your dad do differently do you think than you would do as a trainer or other trainers you've worked with or for do what's been the Predominant difference for working with your dad and they're in partnership, say from anybody else.
0: I think it's his de- attention to detail mackey's uh, he can sort of read the horse and and where it's at at a certain point in his his or her preparation, um, and really target a certain race. Um, he's not not afraid to, to sort of work them and and start start racing them at. 85, 90% fitness, and and then after uh, two or three runs, you know, you'll see the, the better horses really improve on the on the big day. And um, you know, I think it's just the the fact that he's really mastered the winter, um, winter, when to, when to, um, you know, have them perfectly right on that particular day.
1: Mate, it's uh, great to have you finally joining the family business. I think a lot of people expected it to happen at some stage, mate. Um, Congratulations. Uh, Hopefully the first winner comes today at the Mott, and we appreciate you joining us on Trots Talk this morning. No worries Will, thanks a lot Nathan Purden who's joined his father Mark at the All Stars and Greg, I don't think it surprises anybody um, as we welcome you into the show sorry we didn't introduce Greg earlier we had a few technical issues doesn't surprise anybody Greg that this has finally happened but um, once Nathan gets used to the family system uh, it's going to be a very hard stable to beat because you've got a serious, serious Group 1 trainer joining our greatest ever trainer
2: yeah, exactly, Michael, and he's already proven himself as well with the likes of Amora Vita, who got back into Group 1 winning form recently, um, Ahoka Punter, of course, he won his first Group 1 with across the Tasman, so um, he brings a young set of eyes too, so I reckon it might reinvigorate Mark to some extent, and when you hear they've still got 50 in work and 10 more to come in. Uh, the force that is the All-Stars is still well and truly alive.
1: A crucial factor out of that conversation, too. The Northern Derby market is open, and Nathan's saying there, don't stop dreaming who was the favourite at the start of that conversation. I believe the market will change pretty quickly. I'm sure Matt Peden's listening to this, and therefore he will no longer be the favourite because he is not heading to the Northern Derby at Alexandra Park in March. OK, get your text in today to your chance to be a winner here on Trots Talk, courtesy of Harness Racing New Zealand. Get your text in to double eight double three for a chance to win a $50 bonus bet, courtesy of the TAB. Thank you, TAB people, for helping us out. We need your name. This is texting to double eight double three. Your name, your TAB account number, where you are around the country, and a nice, easy code word, it's not actually a word it's just a shortened word, today we're racing a Motakarara, so it's MOT get the, tech, the uh, code word MOT in today for your chance to win a $50 bonus bet courtesy of the TAB, Greg O'Connor after this short break is going to talk to Tim Williams and Mr 1500 John Dunn to try and get the best information we can for you to back a winner there today at the MOT I'm a sovereign man and I'm so-
2: Yes, the Southern Man section, of course, on Trots Talk, brought to you by Harness Racing New Zealand. The reason why we have the Southern Man section is invariably the harness action is in the south on a Sunday. A man who's heading out to the Mott is Tim Williams. Very good morning to you, Tim. Greg, how are we? Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time out to have a chat to us about your drives today. But before we get there, the last race of the season, the Lincoln Farms Franklin Cup, it was, and you needed to drive one more winner to get to a hundred for the first time in a driving season. Alter Wise Guy delivered that for you. Congratulations.
3: Thanks so much, Greg. You yeah, obviously, yeah. Uh yeah, cut it, cut it fine, leaving it for the last race, and in a pretty small margin. But uh, all the same, great, great to get there, and uh, you know, great to do with the for uh, colours on to, to about to get the hundred.
2: Yeah, an enormous uh, amount of opportunities they provided you with throughout that year. But I know I've talked to you this probably off air before. What's the difference between Tim Williams, the driver who left the All Stars and had to make it on his own, to the Tim Williams, the driver now?
3: Uh, that's a good question Greg. uh obviously've been doing it a little while now maybe uh you know, all the all the knowledge you take in just starting to start to surface um obviously being out there a lot more, I think regularly, especially in the uh you know the likes of Addington and the good races, just been a little bit more relaxed, I suppose, and just being able to back your own ability and hopefully put the horse in the right place at the right time,
2: Tim, so now that you've got to three figures is. That what you set the target the benchmark going forward? Are you a goals man?
3: Yeah, look, always that has been a goal. So uh, to get to the hundred, obviously, it's uh, it's taken taken a couple of seasons, but uh, it's been enjoyable. Obviously, it's been uh, been a lot lot to sort of work towards it, but yeah, it's something looking forward now. I think it's within reach, obviously. Uh, you know, what's happening down here in the south with the Telford team, we're obviously going to have a a lot more horses going forward, so it's going to create a lot more opportunity for me uh, on race day, so I think it's within reach, uh, you know, again this season, hopefully.
2: The Telford Cullen team, looking forward to... uh... Spitting that out each and every time now. I'm sure we'll come up with an abbreviation, but uh, let's see how you can add to your tally to get towards the 100 uh, in season 2023. You kick things off with Field of Poppies in race number two for Brendan Hill, a stable that you drive a wee bit for and looks a filly capable of winning a maiden.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've driven her a few times and said she, uh, she's not the worst at all, but she's been crippled with the tricky draw again today. But, you know, any, any luck and she'll be running on. And you know, if she doesn't happen to win today, she's definitely one to follow through the summer. Cause she won't be a maiden
2: for long. All right. It's a magical Megan race number four. Likes the grass, has placed there at the mop before and um, yeah, gets its chance in the fourth. About a $9 hope. Is that is that a fair enough reflection of its chances?
3: Yeah, I think so, Greg. Obviously the draw looks a little sticky with uh, you know a big back row and you know probably some of the ones to beat drawn inside of But like you say, last two starts she's been knocking on the door. So you know, from the tapes I watched, you know, during the week she looks like she's gonna need uh, the right sort of run, but you know, for the last two starts she's proven when she's got it she hasn't been far away at all. So you know, if she gets the right run again today she can uh, you know, she can definitely pop up again.
2: Tim, the feature pace, your driver's dashing major. Uh look was fourth at Timaru in the cup down there behind subsequent group one winner, All American Lover, who you know wells won three on the grass. Must be some sort of hope.
3: Definitely, I you know, yeah, small field suits. Obviously, um, you know, he's got good managers you touch wood too, so you know, he is fresh up for a wee it, but you know, John and John and general will have him uh, have him as ready as they can have him. So uh Obviously the uh the two poon horses may be the ones to beat. They might have a little bit of fitness on us. Like you say, coming in slightly fresh for a while, but uh yeah, it looks a really really good racer on paper. All
2: right, what about Arden's Delight in race number eight? First up in a wee wire with the sliding blinds on.
3: Yeah, look I think the second row draw actually could suit her, Greg. She's uh she's a lovely mare. she's got a good turn of foot and a and a good follower of speed, so and you know, she could get a good run through early and um yeah, I think whatever she does today is obviously going to be improved on. She hasn't raced for a weaver, bit, but, uh, you know, Grant knows what he's doing, so I'm sure he wouldn't have it if she didn't think she was capable of running a drum.
2: All right, of your other drives, take after me, No GST, Illegal Alien, and Beach Party. What should the SENZ listeners include in any of their multiple bets today? They're pretty long, those horses, but top four chances? Oh,
3: yeah, I think probably Illegal Alien's the one that probably. Probably stands out amongst them, Greg. She's uh, her last start was probably indicating she's sort of heading right, heading in the back in the right direction. But uh, yeah, as long as she gets away cleanly at the start and get a get a soft trip that do much works to keep her. So she needs to uh, she need to jump and get a good posse, But uh, yeah, I think she's the one that probably stands out of the last four.
2: All right, really appreciate your time, Timmy. Go well there at the mot today.
3: No worries. Thanks very much, Greg.
2: All right, that's Tim Williams, uh, from him to John Dunn, who's also heading out to the greener pastures that is the Mott. Uh, Morning to you, Johnny. Morning, Greg. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. Uh, We just talked to Tim Williams about getting to 100 for the season. You recently got to 1,500, winning the feature pace down there at Central Otago with Henry Hubert. That's a a decent sort of a milestone figure to get to, and I think you're about 15th or so uh, to have achieved that. Yeah, it was great
4: to get the fifteen hundred, and uh, been driving for a few years. So, but uh, to finally get there was good, especially on the on Henry Hubert. Um, uh, great owners, and uh, the horse been around for a few few years and been uh, at the best level. So, um, that was, that was even better.
2: Yeah, look, uh, a, a horse that you've had a lot of time for, and like you say, the connections have been with the stable for a very long time. So, uh, yep, great performance from him, Johnny. Let's get into your chances today. Uh, Circus Circus is in the first about a twelve-dollar chance, but Michael Kane from Barrier One will be on most people's multi tickets at race number two.
4: Yeah, Circus Circus. Last time she raced there, she actually hit the line quite well and um, just get around one piece. Hope to do the same. Um, but Michael Kane probably benefit from that run. First up, run Rangura last time out and uh, got a great draw to work with. So yeah, looks looks a very good drive to pick up there.
2: Yeah, and Leon McDuffin, and race number three looks a good chance as well, racing really well.
4: He is, actually, and uh, last twice he's stepped very quick and put himself in a good, good posse. So uh, over the short trip, hopefully he can do that again. And, and if he can do that, the way he's been going, he's, he's definitely a good each-way chance.
2: Beyond a shadow looks an each-way chance in race four, but Unico Vakanza, who first up was excellent for Bob Butt, uh, breaking and then make, making up a lot of ground as favourite looks. It looks a cracking hope in the fifth.
4: Yeah, he does. First up run was massive, all right. And um, actually, last time I drove him too, like Bob said, he just gets himself worked up at the start. So um, at home, at home, a kid could drive him. But um, so hopefully, just try to away with them, and if you can do that, that previous run, he'd definitely be a massive
2: chance. All right, the stable have two in the feature pace, the seventh. You will drive Samstown so consistent. And, of course, Dashing Major, who's fresh up but loves the grass.
4: Yeah, Samstown's been going great races. Uh, it's a very, actually a very even field, this one. So, um, horse of the right trip, we probably probably get it. But, um, yeah, can't fault the way Samstown's going. And Dashing Major, he'll probably need this run and give him a bit of a freshen up after this after-cup time and that. So, um, we'll benefit from the run, but, but still go great race.
2: Johnny Paracki Reactor. Paracki, Reactor, Ali Lindeni and Sophia Bromac complete your day. What's the best chance of those three? It's probably the one on the last?
4: Yeah, probably Sophia Bromac. Um, been knocking on the door, been going really good races without, without much luck. So I got a good draw today. So um, hopefully we can use that. And if we can, uh, definitely go nice each way or good win chance anyway.
2: Johnny, you've had uh, brother Dexter back in town for the last couple of weeks. He's got a couple of weeks to go uh, on his, uh, well, a return home, I suppose, and a holiday. Um, I'm sure it's been a whole lot of fun.
4: Yeah, it has been. Um, yeah, he's been, he's been having a lot of fun himself too. He's been getting around the places uh, down south and most race meetings. So, um, no, it's great to have him home and uh, he's enjoying it.
2: Johnny, what's the best for the SENZ listeners today for you out at the Mott, where I know we've had a bit of rain. I see they're racing on a dead track, but it's generally a pretty good surface.
4: I'd have to be unique for if we uh, step away on on its last run.
1: Hey, John, before we let you go, um, obviously most people would expect that when you talk about your 1,500 wins, that Sunday sun is the highlight horse. What's the best pacer you've driven in those 1,500 wins?
4: Probably have to be Franco Nelson, really. Uh, Just got beaten in the New Zealand Cup, so, um, yeah, it was a nose away. me, just got me on the line, but I'd have to say him.
1: John, congratulations on 1,500, onwards and upwards to 2,000. And, mate, thank you for your help today.
4: Nah, thanks for that, guys.
1: John Dunn and Tim Williams, two men who have reached milestones over the last two weeks. Greg, if we're having a bet today at the Mott on the grass track, what do you like?
2: Yeah, well, listening to John there, I was keen on Unico Nico He's right, can get a bit wound up, but the $2.80 seemed a pretty positive uh, uh, chance for me. I- I've actually had a multi, Michael. I've had a play today. Oh, good um, I've I've gone, race three, number one, bad ombre, should win. $2.50, Ricky May, Brendan Hill, in the right sort of race, from the right draw. I think it's a great chance. We're going to talk to Blair Orange very shortly. He drove hay tonight to win, last time, goes into the same sort of grade today and has barrier one, a better barrier draw, of taking it for a place, Michael, $2.50 with the nice. country's leading reinsman into Unico Vakansa. So win bad ombre, place hay tonight, win Unico Vakansa. $20 comes back, 350 notes, Michael.
1: Tasty on a Sunday here on Trots Talk. Earlier than usual on a Sunday, Motakarawa, where we are racing today on the big grass track. Text in to 8883 for your chance to win a $50 bonus bet courtesy of the tab. Double eight double three, your name, your Tia be account number, where you are in the country. And the code word today, nice and simple, it's MOT. It's not really a word, it's close enough to a word. That'll get you in with producer dude Robbie to choose a $50 bonus bet winner. Courtesy of the TAB. Text in to double eight, double three. Blair Orange coming up after this break. And I believe he could well be headed to Australia to take on the best Aussies with copy that. He's only driven once, once believe it or not, in Victoria in his life at Horsham. Let's find out more after this break with Greg O'Connor and orange.
2: Five o'clock, Jerry out three wider. Kiss me, Kate. Action packed. We're next. Into the front, straight they come. Peaky Lou in front. Contesters' prides gallop now. Brianna into the clear. Five o'clock, Jerry out wider. And action packs running a big race. Out wide, five o'clock, Jerry. Moved alongside of Peaky Lou. Brianna in the middle. Peaky Lou. Five o'clock, Jerry out wider. Peaky Lou still just in front. Five o'clock, Jerry lunged, but missed. Peaky Lou. Peaky Lou, I think, from five o'clock, Jerry,
1: Brianna, and Kiss me, after missing so much... career win 2,500 in this country for Blair Orange, it's a massive number, Blair good morning welcome to ECNZ trots talk on a Sunday morning, thank you for joining us and when you hear that sort of number, 2,500 wins, it must seem an awfully, awfully long time since the first of those
5: Yeah, morning Mick, yeah you're, you're right mate, um, you know looking back on on where you started from to to get to that total is is quite humbling, really. And you know that first win way back at Reefton for uh, for Tim Budd and the maiden trot, um, yeah, it's been a, a long road.
1: When you look back over your career and your body of work, is it a is is it a case that you've got better as you've got older, or have the horses got better? Because you were driving at the All Stars, so obviously you were. 10 years ago, you were driving some of the best horses in the country and then you left. Did you become a better driver when you started driving more, or has the general quality of the horses you drive gone up and therefore your job's become easier?
5: A bit of both, really, Mick. Um, You know, I'm not afraid to say when I did start, I was um, below average and um, lacked a lot of confidence, you know, being out there. I um, wasn't used to it and that, but uh, I think as time progressed and you know, Tim Butt and Anthony Butt were a big help to me early days as Colin de DeFillippe and Ricky May were and um, yeah I think it's just as I matured a little bit and got more confident and you know being out there and and then as you said the horse flesh slowly came um, a little bit better and I had a lot of um, a lot of good associations with a lot of trainers which I'm very grateful as, as a junior and that progressed through to the open ranks and obviously um, then linking up with Mark and, and that just took took my driving to another level, I think.
1: Blair, watching on television, it, it feels like racing has changed a lot in the last 10 years. It feels like it didn't change a lot between, say, the 70s and, and maybe 2000. But the way drivers not all of them, but some of them, sit in the cart. Um, The younger drivers being more aggressive earlier, and in that 800 to 400 metre section down the back straight, seems to be a lot quicker. How does it feel like it's changed to you from where you started to the general race patterns now?
5: Yeah, I think it definitely has changed from when I did start. Obviously, um, you know, I was driving against... a lot of the, the, lot of the great drivers who are either um, no longer driving or or retired or whatnot, but um, you know it was pretty tough back then. The likes of Jack Smelinski and Dennis Nine and Anthony Button, that they they never gave you an inch, you know. And um, I think that helped, you know, to, to learn about just how tough it was, and you know it's different from the trials to race day and and whatnot. And I think the horse flesh has changed as well. The breeds changed, so. You know, those tough old horses that just used to be able to slug it out. The, I think we're breeding more to, to speed and juveniles now. And um, yeah, the, the driving definitely has changed. Um, more aggressive early. And, um, you know, as soon as they slacken off, that's your time to, to put the horse in the race if, if the capabilities of a horse allows you to. So yeah, things definitely have changed from, from when I did start to, to racing now
1: one horse you've been able to put into the race the last two New Zealand Cups is copy that. He's won them both for you. You've now got three New Zealand Cups. He's heading to Australia. We're going to talk to John Dickey shortly because he trialled against Old Town Road on Friday. Uh, I believe you're heading there too so you're looking to go to Ballarat and, and your first ever look at Melton for the Ballarat Cup and the Hunter Cup. It must be quite exciting to be going somewhere which I'm sure you've seen plenty of times over the years on television.
5: Yeah, for sure. I've uh, I've been to Ballarat actually once with Anthony when I was over there and just as a spectator, and I think I've been to Melton a couple of times just as a spectator as well. So, yeah, looking forward to the challenge, and, you know, I'm always up for a challenge. So, yeah, really looking forward to getting over there and and competing against some of Australia's best and obviously driving copy that is in good shape
2: congratulations on the 2,500 wins. A remarkable effort. Uh, I know you'll be looking forward to getting to Australia, but our SENZ listeners need some help at the Mott today. What's the key to driving around the big grass surface there? Because, again, probably 20 years ago, you could sit back and run down the outside, and often the winners came from there, but that's not the case these days.
5: No, morning, Greg. Um, yeah, it's... Uh... It's a whole de- different kettle of fish now. it's uh, obviously if you've got the right horse, you know you can put in the race early, but if you can punch a punch a soft time of it in front on on any track now and much crow being the same, you, you can get home from the lead, but if the races run you know the genuine tempo, they can come from anywhere there, and as you know, there quite often are some long shots pop up on the grass tracks but yeah it it, it all comes down to the qualities of the horse you drive and greg to to what it can do, not what you can what you want to ask it to do.
2: Blair, you haven't got too many short-price favourites today. One I thought was worth a bet, and it has a draw upgrade, and basically is in the same grade as Hay tonight in race number four, a $7 chance, a decent each way, Hope?
5: Yeah, for sure, he's racing pretty good, this guy, and, uh, you know, we I think he drew one the back row when he won there and at Christmas time, and managed to scrape the running rail and sneak on through, but barrier one's going to be a good asset for him, and, as you say, it's still in the same rating band, so he's... Definitely an each way chance.
2: Other each way chances: Anna's Boy and Wolf of Wall Street, who got the and win last time.
5: Yeah, Wolf well of Wall Street—he'll he'll handle the next grade. Greg, he's uh, he's quite an honest wee guy, and you know, as long as he gets the start right and, and gets a nice trip, he'll, he'll be a top four chance anyway. And as you All say, right. Anna's Boy, Anna's Boy was a good second last start, but he's got an awkward draw with a big field. But uh, you know, coming from the Greg and Nina barn, you've always got to like their horses on the grass.
2: Yeah, absolutely you do. Hey, really appreciate your time today. Again, congratulations on 2,500 wins. Only the fifth driver to have uh, got there. And I suppose now you set your sights on 3,000 Blair and, and joining the likes of Ricky May, Morris McKendry and Tony Hurley.
5: Yeah, well we've come this far Greg, so we might as well have a crack at that <laughs> mate and it might take us a couple of three years or four maybe, but uh, yeah we're definitely, as you say, we've come this far. We'll definitely set our sights on that and just take the time too, Greg, to thank everyone that's helped me along the way for the past couple of decades through my career and you know it's too many names to mention but they know who they are and all the trainers and owners and stable hands and and whatnot that have helped me so you know without them I couldn't do it so a big thank you to everyone.
1: Good on you, Blair. Congratulations, mate. It's a massive number. We look forward to seeing what happens next for you, and obviously off to Victoria shortly as well. Blair Orange there on trots Talk, courtesy of Harness Racing New Zealand. Get your text in for your chance to win a $50 bonus bet, courtesy of the tab text to double eight double three. your name, your TAB account number, and the code word for today is MOT. Mott for your chance for producer dude Robbie to give you that bonus bet for fifty dollars. After this break, we'll talk about the Bendigo Cup last night, the oddity which was the Bendigo Cup last night, and speak to John Dickey who's taking Old Town Road over there to take on the Australians. More coming up on Trot's Talk after this break. Uh, welcome back to Trots Talk Josh has texted. Hello Josh, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, was watching Rock and Roll do last night in the Bendigo Cup and was concerned about what went on there, uh, because he was pulled out of the race down the back straight for the last time. Well, Greg O'Connor has the update, and I shouldn't laugh, because it's actually not funny, but it's so weird, uh, I can't honestly think I've heard of this before. So before we get to John Dickey, Greg Talk us through Rock and Roll Do.
2: Well, we were going to have Mick Stanley on the show, Michael, to talk about the fact that the Aussie lads had selected Rock and Roll Do as their slot horse for the race by Grins. And I messaged him, and he was good as gold. That's all good to go. So he goes around last night. He was Drew Barry 1, managed to get off the fence, worked around the park, had a crack for the lead, didn't get there. Started pulling really hard. Directly behind it, Gillaby Sylvester. Now, these are the words... Oh, the text that he sent through, of fractured L1 to L3 of the transverse. The vertebrae, pretty painful. Horse hit me under the vest. So Gillaby Sylvester was behind him, has hit him in the back. He said that the horse, his horse, rock and roll do, did choke down and that's why he pulled him out of the race. But he also pulled him out, Michael, because he was in a lot of pain. So Hendo's fine, rock and roll do. He said uh, he just over raced and, and he'll be absolutely fine, whereas uh, Mick Stanley's got a, a bit of healing to do. So I've never heard of that before. Hit from behind by the horse in the one one.
1: Yeah, well it must have been the horse's leg, obviously. No other part of the horse it can't have been his nose. You can't a horse couldn't nose you and break your trend. If, for people who don't know what a transverse is when you look at your spine so there's the central column, the tree of your spine as you get lower down the spine obviously there's there's bone that, that shapes outwards uh, on your spine and that, that carries your uh, your nerve system down to your legs that, that's your transverses so if you've broken a couple of those that they can't actually perform surgery on them they actually knoll over in a period of time so it's a lot of fun um, breaking a transverse, I did it playing rugby once myself, and yeah, mixing for a bit of a bit of a summer there. Uh, John Dickey is heading to Australia with Old Town Road to take on rock and roll do and all the Australians. Good morning, John. Thank you for joining us.
6: Yeah, how you going, back? Great.
1: Wait, oh, oh, we're going well, thank you, John. Um, you've taken a lot of trotters to Australia in the past, including Speeding Spur, who won the Great Southern Star and. You've won a, a bunch of Group 1s over there, including one for me, thank you very much. Um, you never, I can't remember you taking too many paces to Australia. Is Old Town Road, is he the first pacer you've taken to Australia, or have you taken one before?
6: No, he, he definitely is the first pacer, Mick. Um, I know, first pacer because, obviously, he's, you he don't, don't take anything over there, Mick, in Australia. <laughs> um, got a bit of ability, and he certainly has, so... Uh,
1: yeah. He's been a very, very good horse so far and incredibly fast. He went to the trials against Copy That on Friday, and I was talking to Zach Butcher. He rang me and said, look, this might be the best horse I've driven. Uh, what did you make of the trial on Friday?
2: Yeah,
6: well, first and foremost, it was only two horses, obviously, Mick, but um, it's how it's how he hit the line and how he pulled up that we made the decision to go, Mick, you know. Um, Obviously, the race didn't get off the ground uh, last night, so we had to have a, a bit of a, a searching sort of a workout to see where we were at. We'd had a run the, between races at Cambridge the week before, um, but obviously it was just for the Gallop and Pacemaker, so we did. We had to find out where we were at, Mick, if you know what I mean, um, to see whether we go or basically put them back in the paddock and wait for the Grims. That's how we store it, you know.
1: All right, John, so I take it um, you're off to the Ballarat Cup on the 21st and then the Hunter Cup?
6: Yes, yeah, that's the plan, Mick. Um, well, I thought it was good timing. Um, obviously, it was due to race well, last night, and there was two weeks to the Ballarat, two weeks to the um, Hunter Cup, and then we're coming home. We, um, we're certainly not going to go to Sydney this year. Um, we thought with well, there's four group ones to come back in New Zealand from April on, um, so we just didn't want to overtax them, and, um, and these two races, just we just thought, sort of just worked out perfectly.
1: John, we've run out of time today, but thank you for joining us and updating us on Old Town Road. And hopefully, you'll take the phone with you to Australia so we can contact you in a couple of weeks, mate. Good luck over there. We're really looking forward to seeing how he gets on.
6: you, Who's going?
1: All right, producer dude Robbie, who's won our 50 from the tab...
3: Well, first of all, uh, Happy New Year, guys. I wasn't, wasn't here last week. Eh? It's
1: good to have you back. Good to see you back working again, right mate. Great to have you back. Well, well, oh. all, rest of us were working all the way through, brother.
3: <laughs> I've been doing some long hours on the cricket, mate. Oh, oh yeah. it's been It's been great fun. Anyway, um, a lot of, of texts, actually, with the coming in at the new time, which has been good to see. But uh, Julia out of Tauranga has
2: a $1 hour, $50 bonus bet today.
1: Good on you, Julia. Well done. Greg O'Connor, what's the one winner today at the Mott, please?
2: Unico Vakenza, race five, number nine.
1: That's Trot's Talk today. be coming up next. Have a great Sunday. Thank you to Harness Racing New Zealand. That's Trot's Talk on SCNZ.